I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? This is episode 16 of the T-Row and Funky Show. I'm your host, Ben Askren. Joined, as always, by two-time NCAA champion Tommy Rollins. Rollins? Rollins? Rollins. <laughs> I just used my defense soap after my jiu-jitsu workout. And defense soap sponsors, as always, defense soap, defend what you have built. Tommy, it's March, which means it's probably the best time of the year. Were you excited or what? I am thoroughly excited. It's March 1st tonight. We're recording. The uh, The warm weather is coming. The cold weather is going. And usually that means it's postseason time. I don't know. In Wisconsin, it still might be a little cold. But Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. We had the first uh, nice day for the state finals in forever. You know, usually there's this, say, four-hour break between the, the placement session and then the final session at night. And, uh, man, the last... Three last four years prior to this year were just freaking miserable, windy, snowy, cold as shit. Uh, this year it was fifty-five degrees out. We were walking around t-shirts. It, man, it was beautiful. Just a great day for the state finals. It's awesome. Hey, real quick, not to do any shameless self-promotion, but why don't you tell me how the Askin Wrestling Academy ended up at the state tournament? How how'd some of your guys do? Yeah, well, I was going to talk about the state tournament. I had, I had it on my list, and you know, Tommy, I know <laughs> you actually posted something about i don't remember your exact words but he said something like i've been on bigger stages but this is still like one of my first loves or something is yeah that, I, I, I right? basically said something to the tune good luck to all the ohio kids out there and i've been around seen a lot of things in the sport and basically what i meant to say what i said i'm paraphrasing is it's possible that my first day title is my greatest wrestling memory yeah it's 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 definitely top three. Yeah, and, and I would say I would I, top three is the exact same words I would use, Tommy. Right. Exact. I mean, word for word. Um, you know, I think it's that first taste, Ben. I don't want to take the wind out of your sail. I'll let you let you sure. let you roll with it. But you get that first taste of really working for something as a as a as a young man. You know, winning mm-hmm. the Tulsa Nationals or whatever. It's like, come on, you know. But when you're fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old. You know, you're becoming a young man. You get that taste of doing something that really was significant in your life, basically. And that's what that's why it's very special to me. Yeah, and I, I feel the exact same way. You know, I, I want to stay I took second as a freshman, won state title as a sophomore. Um, one of my best memories still to this day. And, and and you know, when we go back you know, I'm thirty one now, I think you got a couple of years on me, but when we go back and watch these, I think that, you know, there's that nostalgia and we remember what it felt like and um, like you said, these kids are experiencing something they put their their life into. Uh, oh, a lot yeah. of these kids, I mean, it's year round. It's they're they're working hard for it. They love it, and uh, you know, there's nothing better in life than having a passion. And I just watched the, the third episode of Keepers of the Flame. We talked awesome. about this last time. It's freaking awesome. But Jay oh, yeah. was talking about in the end. I had the never, white light. The white light. I'd never heard that terminology before, but he's so right. I mean, I remember uh, you know my senior year in college probably was the the best time. 
where my team was number one and I was number one and my brother was number one. It was just like this insane confluence of events that just everything was perfect. Everything was great. Uh, there was no worries. I mean, it was just fantastic. And then, you know, like I said, once you feel that, you could spend your whole life trying to get back to it because it's just that intense pleasure. And, um, you know, I feel that way about my first day title. And I think you said you did. No doubt, man. I mean, I, I, uh, it took me a little longer to hang up a title than you, Ben. I, I qualified my freshman year. I got third my sophomore year. I could have won. I don't know if I, you could say I should have won, but I definitely could have won. In my mind, I should have won. And then, my junior year, I had the defending state champion who was undefeated in the finals, and I pinned him. Who? And uh, he names. was a D three guy. His name's Dick Angle. I don't think he really ever did much on okay. the collegiate level, but he was a def- undefeated defending state champion at that weight class. And I had to go up because I couldn't make seventy one. And um, you know, it's just it's it, you know, it's not something that's legendary in the state. You know how to how who I beat in the state. It's not some epic matchup, but. To me, it was just that 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 first feeling of like, wow, you know, you you kind of you kind of look at yourself and you're like, I really did that, like, yep. I did that, and um, you know, to to the point that Jay Robinson makes with with Keepers of the Flame, you see that that white light, it's that indescribable, incredible sensation that you have, and and you know, it might last all of ten or thirty or forty seconds. And you, you do anything to get back to it, and you chase it the rest of your life. And and um, you know, I think that to, to your point, I think the state high school wrestling tournament, basically in any state, is very very nostalgic. It's so cool to watch. It's so cool to be a part of. And um, I love this time of year. I mean, that's kind of like the, you know, the, the mm-hmm. you wrap it all up into one. You know, wrap wrap wrestling all up into one little ball. You know, the state state wrestling high school events might be more of a of a of a inclusion of everything that's great about wrestling than the NCAAs or the Olympics. Yeah. In Wisconsin they, they sold out uh set the record. I think it was thirteen thousand nine hundred and ninety five or something crazy. So, you know, it's it's packed. They take it seriously up here in Wisconsin and um man, a lot of great matches. We had six champs, so it, you know that was our best ever. We're only four. Oh, that's old. cool. Yeah, we had two. Two was our most before that, so six was really nice. We had eleven in the finals. Um, a lot there's, of fun. There's, there's three divisions, right, Ben? There's three divisions, and you know in Wisconsin. Um, yeah, so that's eighty four finalists. Sure. And you had eleven of them. I got the calculator out. You had thirteen. <laughs> you had thirteen percent of the state nice. finalists this year in the state of Wisconsin in year four. Boom. Okay. It's awesome, that's good. man. So, uh, you know, in Wisconsin, Division One's the biggest, two and three. Um, there's not a huge separation. You know, it, I would say Division One's a little better, but Division Two and Three are they're they're both pretty tough. And you know, in Missouri, it's way different. The biggest division, which is the Class Four, um, is night and day different than, than Class One, which is the smallest. And I don't know how your right. state is in Ohio. Um, you know, as far as uh, balance between the divisions, but Wisconsin, it's pretty solid. There's good, there's good kids in every division. Division One's probably the deepest, but you know they're tough everywhere. Yeah, Ohio's got three divisions. I think they could afford to have two. I think if Ohio had two divisions, every single state champion would be a bona fide Big Ten wrestler. I came from the small school division. So did Logan Steber. So did Jay Jaggers. So did Harry Lester. So did uh, I'm missing some great ones there. But of course. but but you know so it, it, just like anything in wrestling, it doesn't really matter that this the, how good your team is. But D three by and large, there's, you got some holes in in D three that you every now and again you pop a state champ out there that's like you know he he might not even be able to wrestle in D one in in college. But 
It's a great event. Ohio State High School Wrestling Tournament's great. I think they get to 16, 17,000, 18,000 people for the semifinals. Nice. Uh, the finals. So it's a good event. I love it. I'm going to miss it this year. I got to go to a trade show in Florida. Oh, but, um, geez, yeah, man, I'm bummed. Well, I want to talk about one match in particular from the WSD Tournament. There's so many great ones. Okay. Um, but this match that happened in the semifinals. And it's very interesting because what we had was a, a female named Macy Kilty, who's a freshman. Versus uh, a young man named Zach Anglin who was born without the full extremities. So he is. I saw this. No I saw a picture of this on the internet. And um, I mean, it's not like this. Hey, this is a small class. They can't wrestle. These two, they're a real deal. I mean, they're not bad. But the cool thing about it was, and I, I wish wrestling fans could do this for every match, but everybody picked a side, right? It was like there was a personal interest in that person, either because she was a female or because. You know, I don't even want to say he's disabled because he's not. Uh, Zach Anglet's a freaking beast anyway you slice it, right? So I right. Don't, disabled's not the right term, whatever right. you want to call it. But because of their stories and their history, um, Wisconsin fans were, my God, this match was so loud. We actually had a kid in a, a semi in the other mat, and I remember he, he said to one of his friends, that was so distracting, I couldn't even hear myself think because everyone was so loud about that match. Um, wow. But so whose side were you taking, man? Or did I you would not just have cheer a and I said, fight. let's go. This is, you know, I, I know both of them not real well, but just kind of in passing. Um, right. I wanted it to be a great match. And it, it was a great, it went to triple overtime. It was a great match. But I wish wrestling fans could buy into every match and, you know, and buy into the personal stories. Because when you're talking about 14,000 people, there was only a small fraction of that that actually had a relationship with either of these two athletes. Right, and yeah. the rest of them had just read about them in the paper, or seen them in a tournament or something, and they said, "Wow, I like that person's story. I'm going to cheer for them." But what's cool about this story, and it speaks to maybe what we could or should do better in wrestling, but you don't even need a story. It's a female and somebody who you know is um, paraplegic's not the word, but but you know what I mean. He's yeah. disabled. He's got he's got. Um, you know appendages that aren't you know fully you formed. You see the way I mean the way he does these moves. It's like I mean obviously you've never seen anyone do anything like it, right? But it's like the way he gets his leverage. And you know I'm a wrestling geek, and so I'm into this kind of stuff. But the way he gets leverage and snatches these people up with like his you know the top of his arm is just you got to watch. You just got to go see it and watch it. It's 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 astounding. Great story. So so who won? So Mace Kilty wins in triple overtime. She got a stalling call to put into overtime. And then, uh, and then she wrote him out and, and won. And then crowd was going bananas. Huh? Oh my god, they were going wild. Um, and then she made the finals, went up five nothing in the first period, and was looking like she was going to be the first female to ever win the state title. And um, man, the other guy got on top and got six turn points in the second period. And I think he ended up winning nine to six. So wow. uh, that you know that was kind of the story of the tournament. Um, it was awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna include a link sometime tomorrow. I'll put a link up of. Uh, of the match because yeah, like I said, it was yeah. I'd love to see that. It was awesome. Um, yeah, so that was it. We had a great weekend, man. That was probably the highlight match, but there was a lot of lot a lot of awesome wrestling. And so, out of the six kids you had that won a state title, how many of them was it their first? Um, four. Let's see. One, two, three, four. four. So, so four, what was yeah. that? What, what's it like watching a kid that you've watched him pay his dues? You know year-round high school was it pretty cool seeing those four guys hang up their first title yeah it, you know it was awesome um and yeah like you said the, you know a lot of these kids and you know honestly with a lot of our kids in our academy the really cool thing 
um, right now, and it's not going to be. It'll never be the same going forward. But a lot of the kids that joined our academy to start out with, you know, so the kids who started with us as seventh and eighth graders are now getting to be juniors and seniors, right? Right. And essentially, we got all the kids who weren't quite as good as the other kids because anyone who was already winning state titles or placing, um, they stayed with the clubs they were with. Already, right. right. So you're you're starting to get a full yeah. calendar, so to speak. Well, of so, the, the maturation of a high school wrestler. Yeah, and so with these kids that were starting that are starting to win right now, you know, the kid uh, Jake Roshka who won a state title, he never won a kid state title ever. Right. Um, and so you know, and we had another kid named Nathan Smith. He took second this year, but he won last year. He never even placed at kid state. Um, so it's pretty cool seeing some of these guys. And like you're saying, like once you accomplish something, you're like, wow, I can do it, you know. And um, some of these kids who who never had that success as a kid. And then they're just getting over the hump and, and getting it as a high school kid and realizing, wow, if I put the time in, I could do pretty great things. That's awesome. I'm pumped up. Can't wait for more state tournament uh, stories. Yeah, me too. So let's get into – we had some positive. We had some good, warm, fuzzy stuff in there. Now let's get into the, the negatives. Time. I got a negative. <laughs> I had a second thing. All right. Okay. I'm ready. So Burroughs was on last week, and he was telling us about the, the Pan Ams. And I'm like, okay, this is sweet. I'm going to check it out, right? And I got – I can watch it on my phone. Thanks, Flo. But um, so then I start looking, and I realize there's Pan Ams two weekends in a row, and I'm like, "What? what? This is weird. Like, why are there why are there two Pan Ams? You know?" And so one is a Pan Am Championship, which just happened, and then this coming weekend is a Pan Am qualifier. And I was well, thinking, I, I I have to admit, I thought that this weekend was the big weekend. Yeah, Did, and, and, and I saw that Coleman Scott wasn't even at 121. And it paused me to – or 120, whatever it is, the weight yeah, class. Five, the weight. And it caused me to do some research. I'm like, God, this isn't even the event. Yeah. Yeah, so to your point, it's next week. So think keep of, beefing. Keep beefing. Think about, think about this, Tommy. Think about if they did the Big Ten two weekends in a row and one time was the Big Ten championship and the next weekend had the exact same teams – and was the Big Ten qualifier. Like, what's the freaking point? Yeah, like, it's, uh, it's... I, I don't even understand. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I would love for someone to explain to me what the point is. Like, why aren't they one and the same? Yeah, it, it, it blows my mind. And, and I don't think that there's really a, a good reason for it. There's a reason, I'm sure. But I don't know Something. if it's a good one. Something. Hey, speaking of this, not to get too far off topic, but I called Rich Bender, the executive director of USA Wrestling, three sure. days ago. Four He's a Wisconsin guy, just FYI. Well, yeah, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Anyways, um, I talked to Rich. He's a good friend. I actually like Rich a lot. And um, he's going to come on after NCAAs and before the World Cup in June, and we're going to really go deep with Rich Bender. Ooh, that sounds exciting. I like, yeah. the, I like the sound of that. We got to remember to ask him this question because it's a good one. Why? Yeah. Why do you have back-to-back events? They're called the same thing, basically. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, you know, what I think essentially is that one takes away from the other. Like I looked at last weekend, and I'm like, well, this isn't the one that qualifies them. Like no one's sending their best guys. Kind of who gives a crap almost. Yeah, I tell you one other thing that I that it's not as bad, but it's similar is. In 2007, I wrestled in the Pan Am. In in May of 2007, I wrestled in the Pan Am Championships, and in July of 2007, I wrestled in the Pan Am Games. I'm confused. 
Yeah, because the Pan Am Games is every four years, the year before the Olympics. And uh, they had a Pan Am Championship uh, that's here. So I wrestled the Pan Am Championships in Why May. didn't they just make the Pan Am Championships at the Pan Am Games? I, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be like having the Worlds the same year as the Olympics. They don't do that, right? They don't do it. Uh, well, you know, in women's, they, they had done it because the the weight classes were different, you know, because you know, they I took was out thinking, all of them. Do you think that they'll do that with our two world championship weights that aren't in the Olympics? Um, probably not. Probably not, huh? So anyways, feel, uh, UW did whatever your damn name is. Get it together. <laughs> Pan Am Championship. Pan so I didn't even watch last weekend, but I'm going to try to watch this weekend because this weekend is apparently the one well, that this is, this one. This one is actually for all the marbles. As this one matters. To, yeah, it does. It's got a, bit, a lot of implications. Yep. Okay, so let's go. NCA, we're kind of jumping all over the place. We got a bunch of stuff to hit today. Before we get, we, uh, we didn't even mention we got Alex Derringer on coming on in just a little bit here, um, and he is also a Wisconsinite, Tommy. So we're going to team up. Oh my here. gosh! Why don't we have some Ohio boys on here? So I, we had we had Rovat and um, hmm, was there anyone else? We oh. got to get Jaggers on here. He'd be a great guest. <laughs> Serious, best dressed man in wrestling. That's right. That's right. Okay, so NCAA allocations came out, what was it, is it yesterday or today? I can't remember now. It was two days ago, I believe. Two days, oh, two days ago. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, you know, here's what we're looking at. The Big Ten is way down, way down. And, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, last year there weren't uh, the Big 12 didn't get any automatic qualifiers because they weren't officially a conference, but they accounted for that. And so last year, only 260 qualifiers were, were given, and this year, 284 automatic qualifiers were given. That being said, if you, if you deduct out last year's Western Wrestling Conference, which is now co-opted with the, the Big 12, there was 19 out. So w- without them, 241 were given. This year, without the Big 12 and Western Wrestling, which are, like I said, co-opted, there's 248. So the Big 10 last year, out of the 241, got 86. This year, out of the 248, they only get 71. And that, that's a huge, I mean, that's a, a, a wrestler and a half per weight drop. I mean, that's huge. It's a huge drop, but, but Ben, and I'm, and I'm a Big Ten, just, I love the Big Ten, but honestly, this is good for wrestling. Why is that? Well, it's more parody. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I did look at the Big Ten. You know, we're going to do Big Ten pick-ems here. In a second, I, I mean, if 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 if, if, it, if, it, if if we're having a conference pride conversation, I gotta say I'm disappointed. But <laughs> but 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 if we're talking about what's good for wrestling, I mean, this is great, yeah. right? No, definitely. And I actually I looked at uh, I looked at the Big Ten um, the preseeds, and I was like, dang, some of these weight classes are they're not Big Ten tough. I mean, they really aren't. Uh, so yeah, I mean. I, I see where it's coming I from. I don't know about that. I just think no, that there's more Big Ten teams. I'll throw people under the bus. They weren't that damn tough. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's go. Well, we can, we're not to that part yet. We're going to do our pick in just a second. Uh, big winners. The big winners. ACC went up by quite a few, and the MAC went up by quite a few. So I think those were uh, those were the biggest winners. Well, yeah, you've got these conferences that are getting redrawn. We have new new programs that are coming into the fold, ACC with NC State. It's good, man. I, I like the fact that the Big Ten is not quite as dominant. I still, I mean, they're still clearly the best <coughs> in college wrestling, but it's not so lopsided that you can't have a conversation about how well these other conferences are yeah. doing. Well, and it's, it's really not that lopsided. We think of... Um, 
to the ACC, which only has six teams, is at 34, right? Which is just under half of 71. And the Big Ten has 14. So when you're thinking per team, per wrestler, ACC is close. And then the MAC is at 41, which has nine teams. Um, And, you know, Big Ten has 14. So, you know, you're not, in a couple of those conferences, you're not that far off um, wrestler against qualifier ratio. Right. So some they are catching up. Well, yeah. yeah. Big, Big Ten, Big Ten's adding a lot of schools, bringing down their percentages. They're still taking the same amount of got, uh, numbers. They're still taking the same numbers. You can't just throw Maryland in the Big Ten conference and expect them to be as good as the Big Ten schools that have been in the conference for thirty years and well, iron sharpened iron. Well, Ru- you know, I mean, Rutgers is holding up their end of the bargain. N- now and Nebraska, they are. And Nebraska now is too. Are. And Nebraska yeah. is. So, you know, it's some of your Big Ten stalwarts that are your Michigan State's um, Northwestern's having a terrible year. Wisconsin doesn't have a ton of automatic qualifiers. Purdue doesn't have a ton of automatic qualifiers. So uh, Indiana doesn't have a ton. So, you know, that's some of your, your long-time Big Ten schools that are, that are struggling you know to we put should up do the conferences. Is we should take perc- – here's what we should do. After the Nationals, we'll take percentage of All-Americans – Compared to automatic qualifiers. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Uh, we used to do this with the Big 12, and there was there was a streak there in, in the mid-2000s, probably right after you graduated, where the Big 12, per wrestler, and you're going to hate this, was so much tougher than the Big 10s. Per wrestler. Uh, Silence. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. I just, I just hate the whole per per athlete. Well, that's stuff. what you know. Big, it was Big five Ten teams. is the toughest damn conference in America. It's, it's, a, it's a guarantee. Not in the mid two thousands. And think it's about, the, it's, think it's about been what the percentage. toughest conference in America for forever. Take it back. It was not. <laughs> when you're talking about per athlete, that that, that doesn't well, signify. Well, you only got you only got fifty wrestlers. You know, you had Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. Every team was good. They were good. They were good, and those four teams weren't as good as the Big Ten. What? No, it's a. It's five teams, but b. You had some <laughs> of those stragglers in the Big Ten that were like free wins, dude. I mean, some of these weight classes. There was one year Aaron Holker was the returning national champ. He took fifth out of five. I mean, there was just I've got no. Million, easy I've got matches. so many of those goofy stories, dude. It's <laughs> make you I'm sick. Telling, okay, look at the Olympians. Look at the Olympians from 2008 and 2012. They come primarily from the Big 12. Why? Because oh. the Big 12 is the toughest. Burroughs came from the Big 10. Big 12. He wrestled <laughs> the Big 12. <laughs> Sam Hazelwinkle, Big 12. Coleman Scott, Big 12. Jared Freyer, Big 12. Jordan Burroughs, Big 12. Jake Varner, Big 12. That, and that's that's on the 2012 team. Obviously, Travell was uh, a D2, so you had... Trained at a Big Ten school. Stop. Five and one there. And then in 08, <laughs> you had um, me, Cormier. Who's 21? Oh, Suhuda didn't wrestle. Mako was Oklahoma State. Well, so you, you, had, had you, had Zadik, you got Zadik, Schwab. So you had three, Mako's, three and three. Mako's a hybrid. No, he's Oklahoma State at that time. He's Iowa, bro. No, he was. Only freshman, sophomore year, and then he was Oklahoma trained State. trained by brands. Oh, my gosh. By the way, I'm talking about a guy that beat me off the team, so let's get off the subject. <laughs> Right. Damn it, Mako. All right, let's go. We got this. is This is fun. I got. I just put this article up today. I'll tw- I'll tweet it out tomorrow when this comes out. We got we got seven minutes. Great article. We're not gonna get our freaking pickums. It won't stay on after Alex comes on to do our pickums. Okay. Okay. Um. So I did this article starting three years ago. I I updated it last year. 
I updated it, just updated it again today. It's about team peaking. Which teams peak the best? Some people say peaking doesn't exist. I think that's bullcrap. I think it does exist individually. There's some people who wrestle better in March. Jay Jaggers being one. And team-wise, I think there's some teams that train um, to have their wrestlers wrestle the best in March. And I think there's a lot of reasons. So I kind of want to get into this. And maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe Al Collin will bring him into this also because he might have a good philosophy. And actually, Oklahoma State, the last... Um, the last three years has wrestled above their seeds at NCAs, and so the way I did this chart, um, when you go look at it, Tommy, have you looked at the information yet? Oh yeah, it's okay. great art. So, so when you look at it, um, what I did was I took what their seed is, what their placement was. You get a negative or a positive. You add them all up. You divide by the amount of qualifiers they had, uh, and that that's your number, right? Um, right. So it's not it's not perfect, and, and the thing about it is it's very 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 hard to be positive because. Um, when you're when you're and I you know I listed six good teams. When you're one of the better teams, you typically have high ranked guys. Well, if you're yeah. number one, you can't wrestle above a number one. Right. So if you do wrestle to your seed, you're just counted as a zero. So you're not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If Ed Ruth and David Taylor wrestle to their ones, which they did multiple times, they don't get a plus. They just get an right. even. So right. So so the better season you have, the more difficult it is to have a. A positive number. Yeah. So, but anyone, so you're looking at these numbers. So, n- no team except Minnesota wrestled above their seed more often than they wrestled below their seed. So, it's definitely very difficult. And then, when you look at the highest positive number we had was, I believe, a 1.6. Um, but that was Cornell in 2012. And the biggest negative we had was a 4.2 by Iowa in 20, 2009. So, it's a lot easier to go negative. Um, you know, we had a, a, a negative three by Minnesota one year. It's a year. lot easier to go negative of the teams that you were keeping track on. Correct. Because, you know, when you got, uh, you know, the one year I made the point that the Dardanes, um, it was in 20, 2014 when uh, Minnesota just lost by a little bit. They wrestled right. um, essentially to their seeds at, at point three. But the thing was, every guy on their team finished above their seed. Except the Dardanes brothers went from a six and a two to DNP finishes, which just freaking you know, crushed them. Crushed them. I mean, if, the, if either of those guys, if either one of those guys, not not even both, one of them wrestles to their seeds, they win the nationals that year. So what what you're looking at here is, you know, if a team if a team is in contention and they wrestle to their seeds, they're probably going to win it. Yeah, this doesn't happen a lot. Um, so uh, you know, one of the things here that I, the obvious is that. Um, Iowa is the worst by a long shot. And people say, I hate Iowa. But you know what I think this points to, Tommy? What does it point to? Matt, th- I thought we were two minds in one by now. I know <laughs> what it points to. I'm I just... think it points to people giving them too much credit early in the year. I think that's I, what I it, think points it points to. I think it points to a number of things. Some, you know, which I'm sure we'll touch on, could be perceived as fairly incriminating. We'll talk about it. Maybe some some reasons why why this happens. And then some is just... They're always ranked high, you know. They're, yeah. they're 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 always in the greatest position to not wrestle to their seed. Yeah. Um. And maybe, I and I will say that maybe you know, unfairly so. And you know, I will love saying Iowa versus the world, but I you know I don't know about you, but I think a lot of these media publications might give Iowa too much credit. They do. I think they do. I think that they're trained. It, it, it's it's newsworthy. You know, it's Iowa wrestling is newsworthy. You you, you no one. No one can deny that. 
Yeah. And so when you talk about Iowa wrestling, good, bad, and different, it's 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 a positive thing. It's it's something people want to talk about. And yeah, I, I think that the, these numbers are interesting, man. And I think you know, I think if I were to talk about the incriminating things, I think that you know Iowa builds up a great ranking. A lot of these Iowa guys build up great rankings because their conditioning level is so superior. Ah, uh, that's. Do you know what's funny about that, Tommy? That I, sh- I showed my brother this. I think it was last year, um, and that was what he brought up Pro- from a team perspective. From a team and from, from an indi- from an individual, he brought up individuals also, non Hawkeye individuals. It's it's. I don't think it's anything that that Iowa does wrong. It's just that they have this. They're they're so sharp in the beginning of the year physically and mentally, whereas you know other teams aren't. Well, I'll tell you what, what is wrong about it. You they don't. Here's, here's the here, let me let me just finish okay, though. Go ahead. I don't think I don't think they lose their edge at the end of the year. I think other teams finally get their edge. Ooh, and here's here's the point Max made, and it was good because he he like I said he made it with the Hawkeyes as a team, and he made it with um, other individuals. Is when you have that shape right, and you're winning matches because of shape. Well, we all know in March everybody's coming in shape. I mean, except maybe Eric Hollis, but everybody else. Right? <laughs> what uh, made you think of that? I don't know. I just, I just had this vision in my head of him like sitting there tired on the edge of the mat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, he's not He's not in my notes anymore. That just came to my mind. Right oh, away. my God. Okay. But, uh, but pretty much everybody right, right. comes to shape in March. Well, he said, well, when you become so reliant on winning matches because of shape and you don't Make the effort to win matches other ways, right? It could be technically, it could be strength, it could be strategy. It, but there's a lot of ways to win a wrestling match. And when you're so reliant on your conditioning to win wrestling matches for you, and then all of a sudden that advantage is pulled from you, well, how are you can win matches? Or it's just less less impactful. It's less it's less of a determining factor yeah. in the in winning or losing. So so I think that's a very very valid argument though. Is some some of these people become too reliant on conditioning to win them wrestling matches. And, and you got to understand, in March, you're not going to win wrestling matches because of shape. I mean, it might give you a slight advantage, but it's not going to be like someone's going to fall over like they would in, you know, like Chance Marsteller in November. Correct. And so I think that, you know, there, there's so many factors. It's very interesting. I, I'm very impressed that you came up with this. It it, caused, it brings up a lot of discussion. Yeah. And then the other thing is, and I think this could be, um, Minnesota actually they did the best as far as years above the seed, even though Penn State is the, the best overall. Um, you know, one thing, and, and this could be, this is why maybe Penn, Minnesota has a couple wild swings. I mean, they have one of the biggest lows and they've got a couple of the best positives, right? Right. Is um, when you wrestle close matches, you're bound to lose some, yep. right? And maybe one year, like, you get you know a bunch of coin flips and double overtime go the wrong way and you lose four of those matches, and then the next year a bunch of those coin flips go the right way and you win a bunch of those matches. Well, yeah, because if you're wrestling, clo- cl- if you're the number one seed and you're wrestling close matches against the number eleven seed, that's not good for you. But if you're a Minnesota guy and you're the number eleven seed and you got the number one guy and you have a style to keep it close, if if that's what you're getting to, yeah, it would wor- it could work in your favor. Definitely. So I think I think that's. Uh, you know something interesting. To think no, I think about. I think I think one of the reasons maybe Penn State's the highest is okay, could we, it be that the, the, their style of wrestling is 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 less? We got Alex calling in. Hold on one second. Okay. Alex, what's up, man? How's it going? Good, good. You got me and Tommy. We're live right away. 
Okay. What's going on, Alex? Not much. Thanks for coming on the show, brother. So, no um, we, we, Tommy and I are actually having a discussion. I'm putting this article up tomorrow. I, I, I wrote this article three years ago. I updated it last year. I just updated it again. It's about which teams peaked the best in March. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't know if you've seen it before or not, but Oklahoma State's actually done really well the last three years, which obviously you've been mm-hmm. a member of that team the last three years. So, uh, you know, what is it? And actually, I think last year, 2015, you guys scored like the fourth highest of everyone I have on the board. Um, you know, what is it about that Coach John Smith has done the last few years that, that's made you guys perform so well in March? Or maybe you just have opinions on what makes people perform well in March in general. I'd love to hear it. Well, um, I think because we go so hard in the beginning of the year, and uh, you know they say tapering off, but we uh, we just shorten our practice length. We still go really, really hard, but uh, we we keep we start letting our bodies get fresher. And I think that's I mean, ever since I've been here, we've always done way better or done better than we thought we were going to do. Um, you know, we almost won my freshman year. We almost won a national title. We lost like four points. Yeah. We had a really good tournament there. So you know, we we've always been really good at peaking and uh, i think a lot of that is because we we uh, go so hard in the beginning but then we start letting our bodies heal and uh you know we, we still wrestle really hard but it's it's not quite as long and grueling let's put it that way nice hey tommy the one thing i i, I forgot to bring up la- last thing i have in my notes unless you want to give any more opinions about the subject is uh is scheduling iowa wrestles a sissy schedule so that could be another one that leads them to get higher rankings initially um, and then mm-hmm. obviously when they have those higher rankings that they maybe don't deserve, uh, then then that's why they can drop. Alex, if you you weren't on the beginning of the conversation, Iowa has um, by far by far the worst placement against seed ratio uh, of any of the teams that I that I looked at. Um, so we're kind of mm-hmm. trying to come up with reasons why that is, and um, one of the ones we both agreed on was too much reliance on on their shape being good early in the season. But you know, I, th- I think the tournament and the scheduling. Um, I think that that's a big part of it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we had a really tough schedule, and uh, we actually wrestled, I think, four four of the top five teams in duels. So I don't think any other team has done that besides us. So, but uh, yeah, we I think it's uh, the scheduling is big big on uh, like uh, what's it called uh, seedings and stuff like that, and I think I think that's huge. Yeah, and that's one reason why our coach does that. Ben, I'll agree that that the, the the technical, or I'm sorry, the um, the, the the being in shape in the beginning of the year and, and relying on it and stuff could cost Iowa guys at the end of the year inadvertently. But but you can't say Iowa has a weak schedule. What? When are you freaking? When everybody me? who wrestles them, when they say when they anybody who wrestles Iowa, you say, do you have a tough schedule? They'd say, well, we have Iowa. Oh God, I'm bringing it up. Uh, Listen, okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. They wrestle they wrestle Oklahoma State every year. They wrestle okay. in the Big Ten every year. They wrestle in the Midlands. Midlands every is year. sorry, Tommy. It, it it is now The Midlands but, is sorry. It's it's not sorry. They, it they is wrestle sorry. they wrestle the a pretty scuffle, good schedule. The scuffle's the toughest one now by I think by a, a I would long say the scuffle, shot. then Vegas, then then Midlands. Okay, so let's go. Here's our non conference schedule. So they did Oklahoma State, I'll give them that one. Maryland well, that's a week. In, in, that's, that's the Big Ten, okay. brother. That they're weak. It might as well be not Big Ten. Grand yeah, Canyon, but, Iowa yeah, Central, takes, Cornell, takes, South takes Dakota State. Play. I mean, you know, like those teams are tough. I'll tell you who they didn't schedule. Montana State Northern. Come on, bro. 
Well, they didn't schedule Missouri. They have, they have a pretty <laughs> decent schedule. I'm not saying it's the toughest in the world. They have a pretty decent schedule. Okay. They wrestled the Big Ten, brother. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, the thing is that there's more Big Ten teams getting added. They're forced to wrestle Big Ten teams that aren't as competitive, taking away dates from them to schedule other guys. Okay. To be honest, I'm surprised they didn't wrestle uh, Penn State. Yeah, they didn't wrestle Penn State this year, Tommy. They don't. It, you, you, the coaches have no control over that. Yeah, they did it last year, remember? Last year they, they scheduled the non-conference against Penn State. Yeah, that is true. That's true. Um, okay, let's get in. Let's get let's get into Alex real quick. Cause I and Alex, I asked Jordan Burroughs this question last week. We had him on the podcast, and I'm gonna ask you. But I actually know you from a lot farther back than I know Jordan Burroughs. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, when you were about 14, a guy we both know, friend of both of ours, named Chris Borchard, yeah. said, everyone's high on this Jesse Thilke kid, but Alex Deringer's going to be the guy. That's what he told me. And so I, that's I, what he I, said? I, I swear to God, yeah, I swear. So I've been following okay. you since, I, I want to say thir- I want to say you were 13, you weren't a cadet at this point. You were thir- 13, 14 maybe. And... Um, and this progression, right? And Burroughs has had the same. Burroughs has gotten better every year. And I feel like I've watched you do the same thing from from eighth grade to ninth grade all the way up. You've just gotten better and better and better and better. Um, what is it? Uh, you know, what is it that that is helping you make these jumps year to year? I think uh, just the hatred of losing. I'm very very competitive, and. Uh, I think just that hatred for losing is a, is a big thing for me. You know, I'm very, I'm a kind of a sore loser. I hate losing so much to the point where I I make sure that doesn't happen. And when I go out there and wrestle, I don't look to just win a match. I go out there to I go for pins. And by going for pins, you're gonna get bonus points. Whether it's maybe you not, might not get a pin, but I'm gonna get a major. You know, even when I was growing up, I if I only won by two points, I would I'd be very very mad with myself. So I think it's all that hatred. For like you know, not scoring bonus points for the team or myself, you know, I I, I like to go out there and wrestle good, and if I if I don't, I'm not, I'm not pleased with myself. And I think that's a big thing that helped me get those jumps. Nice. So we got something, Tommy. Yeah, Alex, I got, I got a question for you. I think did you get fourth your freshman year? I got third. I lost third. double overtime in, in the semis to our St. John. Oh, there you go. Jeez, yeah, I had the takedown too. I had it. <laughs> I slipped. I, I, I had a, I had a uh, post double on him. And we Speaking were of hating to lose, I thought I, I thought I, I thought I had him there. He got his hitch back up, and I just lost my grip. Dang, dang. Sounds like you've yeah, replayed the match close. a little bit in your head before. Yeah, I think about it all the time. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> I was the difference in me getting four titles. So I was thinking when he was telling that uh, Tommy and I have both told pretty good practice room meltdown stories, and with uh, with <laughs> your competitiveness, I got to assume at some point in the Oklahoma State room. You've had to have a meltdown. You got any good meltdowns oh, yeah. for us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had always had great partners. So, you know, it's, it's. I mean, ever since I've been a friend, like, I'd say uh, halfway through my freshman year, I didn't really get many takedowns at all. And then all of a sudden I hit this breakthrough where I just started beating everybody. It was, it was, it was crazy how big of what a do you, That I was the question stuff. that Ben interrupted. So what do you, so that was the question I had. So in your red shirt year, you showed up, you were getting beat on, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you think happened? What 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 switch went off in your head that all of a sudden you started taking everybody down? I just like I said that hatred for just getting beat every day, you know? You just <laughs> eventually just get that mental aspect to where you're like, No, I can't let this happen anymore and and you now just I think that that's the biggest thing that helped me. And just and obviously going to every practice with a diff, with the same mindset. You know, you have one back practice, you just gotta throw that away and 
and have a positive mindset the whole time. And that's the big thing is having that positive mindset. Otherwise, your your mind will eat at you. Who is the one guy? Tom, I never asked you this question, and you can answer after Alex if you want to. Who is the one guy when you were a redshirt freshman when you went in? You're like, just look at him. You go, I'm not losing to him today. That son of a gun. I mean, you know, we all had that guy, right? That we didn't want to lose. Yeah. To. You you had one of those guys. Are you free to say it on the radio or no? Yeah, I mean, there was. I mean, obviously, Albert White was at my weight at the time. Okay. And yeah, uh, I remember him. He, I'd say he was probably the biggest guy, but there was this one guy. Called, his name was uh, Swan. His last name was Swan. I think I remember him. Yeah, well, he he was a freak. If he would have he would have panned out, he didn't like quit school and stuff like that. He would have been great, like because he was he literally whooped my butt so bad. And uh, I I think he was another guy that I really wanted to beat, but he was gone before I had a chance to even start beating him. So, Damn. but uh, yeah, I, I think Albert White and probably him. Huh, Tommy? You ever have a guy like that? So, yeah, I got a couple guys like that, but I I, I kind of tie in with something that really snapped me that I is um you guys know Mitch Clark, right? He's an NCAA champ. Incredible on top. So I'm I'm an Ohio kid. I showed up and bottom was my biggest weakness and Mitch Clark. <laughs> so when I showed up, when I showed up we were the same weight and same height and uh I did great with him on my feet. I mean it, it would be we'd go takedown for takedown and he's a national champ and I'm a freshman. I'm like I can do this, and then he'd get on top of me, and he would score 15 points on me within within 90 seconds. <laughs> and every day I'd walk in the room, I'm like, I got to get out from this guy. I'm getting out from this guy. I'm getting out from this guy. And um, finally figured out how to get out from him, at least, you know, yeah, more often. Come on, man. You it got took, out it from took, Mitch Clark? It took a long time, and I had it took me <laughs> a couple hundred tries. But, yeah, so that was the that was the thing for me is every day I'd walk in there. And any time he got on top of me, it was just like I was like a man possessed. And uh, <laughs> that's that's one of the things that stuck out for me from my freshman year. Nice. Um, so. Cool. So, Alex, I, the, the other thing, obviously, that, that's uh, on your plate this year as well as uh, you guys are in the team chase, you're winning your number one in the, in the rankings. But a Hodge Trophy, how, how important is that to you? How much do you think about it? Do you not think about it? Um, where's that on your radar? I mean, that's like the top goal in uh, college wrestling. You win a Hodge Trophy, you obviously won the national title. And uh, it's being the most dominant throughout the season. So, you know, I won it really bad last year, but they gave it to Logan Stever. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, to go out with a hot trophy in Madison Square Gardens and all that kind of stuff, it just, it put the IT on the cake, and I think that would be an awesome feeling. You know, I got, I got three matches without bonus points. I think I'm like third on the, third on to the most dominant right now. Yeah. You have Overall. three without bonus points, huh? Yeah, just three. Last year I had, last year I had seven, six or seven. So I'm, I'm on the tr- right track. I just gotta keep, keep doing what I'm doing and, you know, just get pins, pins and bonus points. Nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah. So, have you been watching Nolf and, and Rutherford at all? Because I, and besides those two, I think Wisdowski. Those are your real three compet. You know, you're not in the same weight class, but that's who you're competing against for the Hodge. Have you been watching those guys at all, or no? Yeah, and then you got you got to think he's got to beat Nolf's got to beat uh, Isaiah again. He's got to beat JoJo again. Twice. No, he's got he's got he's got a tough road. And then obviously you got Rutherford, he's killing it too. You know, but you know, anyone can be get beat. You know, Gorskowski has Snyder, so it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun tournament and I'm excited to see, see how it all pans out. 
wait, Gwizdowski versus Snyder's in like, oh, that's a couple weeks. Kuhn versus Snyder's this weekend. That's right. Oh, it's going to be yeah. awesome. I'm so excited. Nice. That'd be a good one. <laughs> Are you going to that, Tommy? No, I got to go to Florida for a trade show. Oh, God. Oh, You're God. so lame. It, I am. I am. It's very late. I'm miss, missing a lot of good stuff this weekend. Um, and Alex, you're headed to Kansas City, the Big 12s, which are, are going to be covered live on Flow, which means I'll probably be watching um, a decent portion of them. Uh, and you, Oklahoma State is favored. This is the first year the Western Wrestling Conference is uh, is included in the Big 12. Um, who, who's your toughest competition in there? With the, I'm not even I think uh, I think Glass and uh, uh, Weatherman, which I'm both wrestling with. You're gonna smash. And uh, I mean, I think there's some other schools that I re- I, I really know. I don't even know all the schools that are going. So, you know, I just know that those are things that the top guys in my bracket. So, but I'm excited for it. You know, that's something for time. Okay, okay. Um, Alex. Question for you. So, you know, assuming you accomplish your goals this year and you hang up the title like you want to, and maybe you get the Hodge Trophy, um, maybe you don't. Who knows? Um, what are your plans? You're going to wrestle internationally. You're going to pursue the Olympic dream pretty heavily. Oh yeah, I'm doing a lot with that. You know, I'll be going to 16, 20 at least, and then see what my body's doing then, and maybe maybe go further. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be at OSU training for a few years. You're coming to Ohio State? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm staying at Oklahoma State. Uh, <laughs> And uh, just getting as fit as I can with Coach Smith. You know, you can't get much better of a coach than that, with obviously, but Guerrero and Espo, too. So, it's, you know, I've, I have no reason to believe right now, and uh, I'm excited to see see what happens. So, you are, are you planning to coach as well when you stick around at Oklahoma State or just train yourself? Um, I'll be a grad assistant right away, and then we'll – I mean, if they give me a coaching job, then I'd be more than happy to, you know. Yeah, definitely. But we'll see – We'll so see what happens. No mixed martial arts coach, in though. your future? Um, I don't think so. I think I'm just going to stick to wrestling. Okay, fair enough. Get, get back to the sport I love, you know? Of course, of course. All right, let's, uh, we won't have you on too much longer. Let's get one really good John Smith story. Oh, shit, did we lose him? Looks like we did, brother. I want a John Smith story. Daniel gave us a pretty good one. If, uh, He'll if he, call if, back. If, Alex okay. calls back. Hey, to fill the, fill the, the void here, while well, Alex is gone, Tommy... Uh, you know, I just want to let you know, I know how to pick winners here. Um, Donald Trump's out there smashing people on Super Tuesday. You he is. This? He is. He's doing well. You know, it's, I don't even have enough time to talk about all this, but, you know, he what he says, sometimes he makes a lot of sense, sometimes he doesn't, Ben. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Naturally. Yeah, I mean, he's just, it's just, it's just, how many episodes ago, though, did I call him whooping everyone's butt? You called it a while ago. A long time ago. Okay, Alex is calling back in. Okay. We don't talk about Trump anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, you're back. I'm back. Okay. Let's, let's, so before we get off the phone with you, uh, Daniel gave us a good one. We had Daniel Cormier on a few. Let's get one good John Smith story. Hmm, there's just so many, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't have to incriminate him or anything, but but uh, oh, well, the, one really good one would be, be nice. Well, one thing that I really like that, you know, one thing he said to me, uh, right, you know, when uh, Olympic wrestling was on the chop block and uh, seeing if it was into the 2016 Olympics, he uh, 
he ended up telling me one time, like right, like right as it was happening, he's like, "You're going to be on the 2020 Olympic team," and and uh, he's like, and that, that, that's a fact. And ever since then, I I really, really think about that all the time, and I think that's going to help me a lot in the end. But you talking, you talking funny stories or? I mean, that, that's a pretty damn good story right there. Especially, yeah, it was it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, funny stories. I love funny stories. Yeah, I you, remember, you want to hear? One, you want to hear mine, Alex, about uh, John Smith? Yeah. This might be this might be off limits, Tommy. I never told this story publicly, but um, it's not about Johnny Hendricks being his long lost son. Is oh, it? that's a good one. I should have told Alex that one. <laughs> <laughs> I got this one story, Alex. I tell, tell where John Smith's in a pool hall in 1984, and he's play, <laughs> he's playing pool, and this lady says. John Smith, if I make this eight ball, you're gonna have me a baby, and then that, and that was Johnny Hendricks. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But the, the, funny. <laughs> the funny story I got is, uh, um, so okay, so back before this automatic qualifier system, right? Alex, you're you're young, so you don't know about this. Back mm-hmm. in the day, it was the top three at the Big Twelves went to nationals, and then there was like five or six or seven or eight other spots. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so the coaches, after the tournament was over, the coaches went to this room and they didn't leave the room until the, the it was over. Right. So they they all had to argue for their guys, why why their guys should get in. And it wasn't like per weight. Right. It was just they had seven spots for the other 20 guys or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, one year, this guy named B.J. Wright. I, he was so tough. Tommy, I'm telling you, the Big 12 was the toughest back in the day. B.J. Oh, Wright was number nine in the country. Number nine in the country. Right, fifth in the Big 12. And he got knocked. I can't remember if he was fourth or fifth. Anyways, Mark Manning was so pissed that his guy wasn't going. He said, my guy's not going. My guy's not going. And then John Smith said, Mark, you better knock that off right now. And then Mark shut up, and then it was over. <laughs> now, you know, somebody got lost in translation, but that was the version I was told. Yeah, he's a pretty scary dude. That's great. Uh, okay, well, Alex, you got anything else for us? No, I'm just excited for the you know last couple weeks of the season. Okay, cool. Well, everyone can tune in and watch you this weekend. Uh, it's it's live on Flow's Big Twelve Championships in Kansas City, which is is one of my favorite cities. Um, so hopefully everyone tunes in and watches you. That'd be sweet. Awesome. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Good luck, Alex. Yeah, no Thanks problem. a lot. Thank you. Appreciate that. Bye bye. All right, Tommy. So Trump smashing, stud. and then we he's got. He's stud, man. <laughs> he's good, huh? Yeah. I wanted to get into the technique. He's got that. Freaking left leg lead! I'm so jealous of everybody with the le- that does everything with the lefty. Really? Yeah, man. He's got a lefty high crotch and a lefty swing, so it's just unorthodox to wrestle people that that do those basic fundamentals, you know, but from the other side. Huh? I you think know. about okay, so Ben, so Ben, okay, and I believe this is true. You sure. go watch a youth wrestling tournament, ages six through twelve. Yeah, I'm willing to bet. That ninety percent of the kids wrestling at a regular random youth wrestling tournament have a right leg lead. Okay. Okay. You watch the NCAA finals and the Olympics. Sure. Fifty percent of the guys have a left leg lead. No way. Just, oh yeah. Just stop. let's do it. 
Let's do NCAA it. NCAA finals. 50% NCAA left finals. leg lead. 50% You're crazy. Left, 50% left leg lead. Come think of, on. Think of, just, just, just rattle off America's best, best wrestlers. They're either left leg leads or they lead with both. Oh, my gosh. I'm serious, man. Bring it. Bring it. Uh, you're gonna get name all name America's best wrestlers ever. Burroughs. Half, half half of them will be left leg leads. I don't, I don't even. But I don't know. So if you if you ask me a name, I don't know if they're right leg lead or left leg. I couldn't tell you. Burroughs is right. Okay. How about Steber? If Schultz Steber. left. Steber left. No, he can yes. shoot both ways. He's ambidextrous. No, it doesn't left. count. Steber is a left leg no, lead. Steber and Taylor shoot both ways. So Steber's a left leg lead. No, Brett Metcalf's a left leg lead. Doesn't count. They shoot both ways. They shoot to both sides. Steve and oh, Taylor Steve shoot like, to both I'm, sides I'm of the YouTube's body. I'm right now. They shoot to both sides of the body. Yep, yeah, I'm talking about what left. I didn't say which side of the body they shoot to. I shoot to both sides of the body. I'm well, a right. You can't shoot with your back leg side on a head. No, head inside single. Head inside single, both sides. You have to have your. You have to have whichever side you're shooting to. That leg has to be in front. I'm. 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 It's it whatever to. foot they line up on their color, dude. <laughs> What if they do that just to trick them? And then they switch. Logan's a left leg lead, dude. Straight up. You think that's, like, watching, you think that's like on people's uh, profiles? I'm watching right like, now against Central Port on YouTube. Left Logan, leg lead the whole time. Logan Steber is 5'8", 145 pounds. Loves long walks on the beach, and he is a left leg lead. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Let's watch the NCAA Finals, Ben. So you agree, though, at youth tournaments, 90% are right leg leads, right? I mean, to, to be honest with you, I've never really thought about it that hard. I mean, I would, I would venture to say yes, but I've never thought about it. Yeah, well, go watch a tournament, youth tournament, and then let's watch the NCAA finals, and you'll see an astounding What's difference. Alex? What's and Alex? Then we, Is Alex left, right or left? He's a lefty. Uh, what Straight about up, Ed Ruth. Ed Ruth is. I think he's right. Okay. How do you know this? Like, I've never just been like, hmm. Well, what? first of all, Ben, the only thing I ever cared about when I scouted a guy is what's his lead leg. Really? Why? Because I like swing singles, and if he led with his left, I was happy. <laughs> yeah, but you can choose a swing single whether it's at the front or the back. You just got to have a better setup. Yeah, you got to have a better setup. You so you never, things. you never scouted a guy. That's all I ever cared about. No, what do you lead? What does he lead with? He leads with his left. Okay, thanks. When I scout someone, here's I'll tell you. There's only two things. I'm not big into scouting. There's two things I want to know when I scout someone, right? So I, I want to know. Do they have something that's super unorthodox that I need to watch out for, right? Do they have a great headlock? Do they have a gr- something weird, right, that right. I wouldn't normally predict? Number two, I want to watch a match where they get their ass kicked because I want to know what their weakness is. And then I'm going to try to exploit it. And that, that's the only thing I watch when I'm saying I don't care what league they're because I'm going to bring the, the le- their left leg forward to my single leg. I'm just, it's just going to have to be a little well, harder. I, you know, I know this, Ben. I know all the setups to get the back leg to Are you sure? Okay. What are you, are, you, are, you, are you preaching right now? Are you educating me? You only had 700 <laughs> takedowns. If you, if, you, if you learn how to Listen, pull the back leg forward, you have I'm 900. Is, all I'm saying is here, here, here's, here's the argument. Not even the argument. It's the statement. You go to a youth wrestling tournament, 80 to 90% of those kids have a right leg lead. You watch the NCAA finals, the percentage is significantly higher. But do you think, think people change half. as they get older, or do you think, think the left leg I leads are more the successful? Leg lead, the left leg lead is such a unique advantage at the oh, higher level you go, on. it becomes a game of inches, and it, the left leg lead prevails in I'm a way that it. is noticeable. I'm not buying it at all. I don't buy it. We need to. We need to have one of these people do a study on this. 
Brands Brothers, left leg lead. Oh my god, Tommy. This is ridiculous. This, uh, this is so ridiculous. I can't I can't believe I have this conversation with you. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Are you a right leg lead or a left leg lead? I'm a right leg lead and well, I hate it. And I'm I a right leg lead too, so they're two for two. There you go. What about John Smith? John Smith was a righty. Daniel Cormier, left leg lead. No, but Daniel doesn't really shoot, so it doesn't count. Daniel Cormier was a left leg lead. You know what's funny? I fi- I fight right handed, so I can lead. I can move with my left leg forward, so I can wrestle that way defensively. But offensively, I can't attack with that leg forward. Interesting. That's, that's weird, right? Let's go through the champs NCAA champs last year. Tomasello, okay, left let, leg lead. No, let's let's. How do you know he's a left leg lead? Nathan Tomasello is a left leg lead. <laughs> Dude, I watched. <laughs> You know what? You're saying you can't believe you're having this conversation with me. I can't believe I'm having this conversation with you. That that's not the damn what leg the lead. I'm gonna take him down no, no matter what. Whatever. <laughs> oh, All right, way wow. off topic. Just, Who won wow. it at 33 last year? Listen, we need to Brewer. We need to. Uh, I, I need to do some research on this topic and come back to it next week because I'm not prepared for this discussion. Oh, this is not on our itinerary. You're, you're way off task. <laughs> I am okay. But let's. I don't go. think it matters. Listen, when we do our Big Ten and Mac, we need to do our Big Ten and Mac pickums right now. That's what we need to do. Are you going to base your picks on whether they're right leg or left leg lead? <laughs> it, it'll, Tom, it'll, Tommy's it'll, got his sheet down and he's got the seeds, and then right next to him he has RRL, the <laughs> what leg lead they are. There's I'm no so way happy. having a left leg lead is that large of a benefit. It's just, okay. it's just impossible. It's just impossible. Do, just do this for me, Ben. Go to a youth tournament. Everyone will have a right leg lead. Watch watch a big wrestling event. Watch the NCAA finals. You'll see it how common it is. And you you tell me that that's not worth talking about? I'm going to go watch a, a youth wrestling tournament this weekend, and I'm going to count 100 kids and which leg is on the line. Please do that. And then we'll watch the NCAA finals together, and we can have a conversation. But, so what I'm asking, though, do you think some kids switch as they get older? No. Why not? I don't think they switch. I think the left leg lead is that unique. Oh, just stop. It's like <laughs> it's not like Anthony Robles have a one leg. It's a it's the right leg or the left leg forward. It's it doesn't matter that much. By the way, we were getting way off topic, but one thing I do want to talk about at some point in the off season maybe is how some morons have an argument with me about how, how Anthony Robles oh, was, was advantaged. That is and just freaking pissing me off. I coached it snaps there. me. And I can't say I had much effect on Anthony Robles because I don't know how to coach someone with one leg. Anthony did it all himself, right? I mean, it was 100% right. him. But for God's sakes, an advantage? Are you insane? Yeah, it blows my mind. Seriously. I mean, blows my uh, mind. We'll talk about it sometime later. Okay. Um, Pickums. We should get Anthony on sometime. He's awesome. That um, would be awesome. Okay, let's go Pickums. I'm gonna have to. So I have to type these down so I don't forget what we what we. Yeah, I got. Do. I got. I'm. I'm ready to rock too. Okay, so you want to go Big Ten first or Mac first? Let's go Mac. Okay, so here we go. 125 pounds. Uh, you're, you, you, we can pick the same guys too. Oh, of course, of course. We yeah, you have to be able to do that. Okay, hold on. Let me get my file. I have a Pickham's file, Tommy. So at the end of the day, you can't you can't be making up stuff. Let me go. Let me go first at 125. Okay, so let's go. Let's uh, flip the coin. You want? You got odds. I got yep. evens. From the book of Ben Askren, I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid on how Dylan Peters doesn't have legitimate go to attacks and it will cost him at the end of the year. Therefore, I'm picking Barlow McGee. Nice, and I'm picking Barlow 
because it's not an hour weigh in. By the time he wrestles Dylan, it's going to be the end of the day. There you go. So I'm picking. She's writing that down. Barlow. B and T. Both of us picked him. All right, 133. You got Mac McGuire, Zach Sinden, Cameron Kelly. That's an Ohio boy there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so who you got? Is Mac McGuire? No, you, you go, go first. You're oh, going yeah, first. it's my pick. Well, I'm going to go Missouri, obviously, even though Mac McGuire is uh, is seated above Sinden. And Sinden has he's had some uh, he's had some shaky matches lately. Um, well, who cares? It's Missouri. I'm going to go with uh, Sinden on strength of schedule in the sense that I don't know McGuire. I haven't watched him enough, so I'm taking Sinden. Ooh. Okay, 141. Makati. You go Makati. I like how he wrestles. Okay, so Makati's so th- this is probably the best weight in, in the in the map because you got Manly, Makati, Steve Lee, Zach Horan, and Trevor Yauk, who's mm-hmm. uh, I mean that's a really t- good good top five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what do you think? I'm going Missouri again. I got Manly. You got Manly's got a win over uh, Mick Jordan. That's probably a signature win this year. Uh, he beat Makati also, and God, he had another big one. I can't remember who it was right now. Um, but yeah, he's had he's had a good year. All right, one forty nine. We got Levon Mays number one, Justin Oliver number two, Alex Richardson number three. It's another pretty solid. The, the Mac is not joking around this year. They got some really solid guys. No. And uh, Mike DePalma number four. I'm going Missouri. Missouri's going ten and a. I'm taking Mays too. You're, you're such a homer, by the way. You're not really. Let's these. see if we could go all ten for Missouri. <laughs> okay. You can't take Missouri on this one. Wow, this is a tough weight class too. Okay, we got Ian Miller, Luke Smith, Bryce Dyer, Spartak Chino, and Leroy Barnes. The, I mean, Barnes is on the outside looking in there, but I'm uh, going Miller. You going Ian Miller? Oh yeah. Okay, I, I like Luke Smith. I'm going to go with the upset. Luke Smith, um, Miller. You know, in in. Miller's one of the most exciting wrestlers in the NCAA, but he's not always the best decision maker, if you will, and he doesn't have the biggest gas tank. Okay, well, I think you're wrong. How about that? Fair enough. That's fair <laughs> enough. And it's an Ohio boy. He's a, he's right. Carver, right? Tom, uh, yep. J.D. Bergman. J.D. Bergman, are Cody bo- Magrum. Are they boys? Frank Tank, Keith Witt, Zeb Miller's um, nephew. I thought Ian Miller was Zeb Miller's nephew. That's what he is. Is it Zeb Miller's oh, okay, nephew? Okay, okay, okay. My bad. I misinterpreted. <laughs> All right. I think you got two picks at, wait, at 165. You got Daniel Lewis or Cooper Moore. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lewis just because he wrote out Derringer and he wrote out Bo Jordan, and I'm taking him because of that. I almost had to give Derringer shit about uh, getting written out by a freshman. But, you know, if, if I was a little closer with him, I, I would have brought it up, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to piss him off or nothing. Um, okay, 174, you got Mike Ottinger, Blaze Butler, Cody Walters, and Trace Engelkiss. Um, another tough weight. I, I want to say Ottinger, Butler, and Walters are all top 10 guys. Walters is an, sure is, is an All American, and he's an Ohio boy. He went to Jay Jaggers High School, St. Peter Chanel. I'm going with Walters. Cody Walters from the three seed. He's a stud. He's pretty good. Was he really an All-American last year? No, he's an All-American like eight years ago. <laughs> he's cool. an All-American his freshman year. He's an All-American. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, I'm, you know who I'm going with. I'm going with Blaze Butler. Duh. <laughs> that, not, just, just for the record, that is 
six out of seven weight classes. I, I've now that'd be a good All American for the ACC this year uh, with our numbers. In the Mac. No, the ACC. Blaze Butler. Oh, because he's from Virginia. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that happened. Missouri. So listen, I want to put just an open open invite out there. Missouri is looking for a transfer heavyweight. Any of you heavyweights out there that want to fill a nice hole, that want to go challenge for a national title next year, Missouri is looking. Contact me. You got my email. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you the right way, people. It's a great college, uh, great wrestling team, great coaching staff, beautiful women. You're going to love Columbia, Missouri. I'm telling you that. That was like an advertisement right there. There you go, baby. Call me, heavy, heavyweights. Call, Call me. me. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, seriously, heavyweights. Call me. One eighty four. I think we're going long today, Tommy. But you know, we uh, you got Willie Miklas, former All American, Jack Deckow, Andrew Romanichick, and Jordan Ellingwood. I'll go with Miklas. He tech followed Kenny Quartz. <laughs> Quartz. That's not a donut. That's his. Oh jeez. I'll okay. take Miklas. I got Miklas also. Seven out of eight. Oh, and you know I'm picking Jaden Cox. I'm just gonna write you down. It's Jaden. God's sakes. I'm going to send him your Sick way. Him <laughs> Sick him I'll take, I'll take Jaden. That might make you feel young again. If you beat him up, you're going to be feeling real nice. And i got to go back again. in, wrestle Snyder, and redeem myself. Not by beating him, but just by you know being respectful. Just, do, having, just do, do that Russian dump that they got. Walk out of the mat with my, with my dignity. Just do the Russian dump. He'll fall for that. <laughs> you want to know my trick, Tommy? What What's I that? do, what I do to all, all young people that are younger, so anyone younger than me that I wrestle with, because I know they're gonna get a little froggy, you know. And so what I do is, while we're drilling, right, I just slowly crank up the pressure on. It's like when you're trying to cook, uh, what do they say? It's when you're trying to cook a crab, right? If you if you put them in boiling water, they're gonna jump out, right? So you just slowly turn up the the heat on them, and then they're being cooked before they realize it. So when I uh, when I wrestle the young guys, I, I just slowly start putting more and more and more pressure on them, right? And then so by the time we're ready to go live, they're already feeling really tired. They don't have enough for me. There you go. That's what you need Perfect. to do to, to uh, Snyder. He won't realize it, and you're gonna guess. Yeah, him. I'm sure he won't pick up on it at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe just get someone else to rotate in on him then. There you go. <laughs> all right, heavyweight, not looking that tough in the Mac. Blaze Cabell. Gage no, Hudsonson, Jake I Gunning. Any, I don't know any of these guys. I'll go with the top seed. <laughs> Bell. Okay. I'm going to go with Newton Smirchek from number four, and only because he's a Wisconsin boy. All right. That's I'm going to I'm going to bother you so much on the Big Ten. I'm going to just get big time homered. Big time homered. You can't go with that many Ohio State guys. I went with eight out of ten Missouri guys. There's no way it's impossible uh, that you're going to pick. I won't be able many. to do that. Yeah. No way. Okay. So Big Ten. 125. We got really, I think, three. I think you got three choices. You do. You got Gilman. Hey, you know what I was thinking about earlier, Tommy? I was thinking about Trump's Trump's run right now is kind of like a Thomas Gilman match. And, uh, you know, where it's competitive in the beginning. And then as the match goes on, he starts to pull away a little more. Gilman's loving you right now. And so I don't like Gilman. And so, you know what? You know what's about to start happening in, in this presidential race? If it's like a Thomas Gilman match, right? What's that? Face Trump's mush? About to, Trump's about to start face mushing people. Oh, <laughs> uh, what if what if he went up and just pushed Marco Rubio in the back of the head or something? Face mushed him like Gilman. Could you imagine? 
You think, no, you think Rubio would try to fight him, or what do you think he would do? Uh, he'd just whine, get security to take him away or something. Could you imagine those old people fighting? That would be freaking hilarious. Oh, I couldn't oh. even imagine. Oh. All right, who you got at 25? I'm taking Nathan Tomasello, man, defending national champ undefeated. All right, I am too. He's a good beast this There you year. go. Yeah, you know, I, I can pick a few uh, Ohio State guys. Um, right. You know, honestly, I think I think Meg Lewis is going to take. I got a feeling he's going to uh, take out Gilman in the semis. I, I got this feeling about it. I think Meg Lewis is going to take, a, and then and then he's going to fall to Tomasello in the finals. Okay. What do you think? I could see that happening. I actually think Gilman's on a roll. I think, and then plus it's in Carver Hawkeye. You can't you can't discount that with the crowd and everything and the calls and all that stuff. So. Okay, 133. 133 is pretty interesting because oh, yeah. you got Ryan Taylor down at 6. You got Johnny Julius down at 7. You got Rossi Bruno, who was an All American last year, all the way down at number 8. Um, yep. Number 1, 2, and 3 are, are Richards and Clark, uh, then Conway. So you could really go, you could go anywhere with this one. Um, yeah. I mean, really, you could. I don't, I don't. Okay, uh, it's my, I'm my pick first, right? Yep. Well,. Yeah, I'm not gonna be too excited. I'm just gonna go with the number one. I'm gonna go with Zane. I'm going with Ryan Taylor from the six. I'm going with Ryan Taylor from the six. He's been having weight. Wow. He's been having weight issues. He has. He was a yeah yeah. He was a 25 last year. Yeah, he's having a hard time making 33. That's what I hear. Wow. It, 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 you're wrong. And I don't think it'll be an issue at the Big Ten championships. Yeah. And um, he's a Big Ten runner up last year. Could have wow. won the darn thing. So yeah, I'm going with Ryan Taylor. It's a wild pick, and I'm going with it. Okay. Um, 141. And another fairly interesting weight because you got Gillibon all the way down at eight. And, you know, I, I don't say he, he wants to get Michael Jordan in trouble, but that was a competitive match. So you got Mike, oh, yeah. Mike at one. You got Tommy Thorne at two. You got Ashton at three. Um, Jameson Oster, Javier Gasca, Anthony Abbott, and Danny, Sav- Danny Savatello. So it's your pick. Have Nick Jordan. Of course. <laughs> Naturally. Okay, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm actually going to go with Anthony Ashnall. I think he's... Uh, That's a good pick. He's been having that would have been my second here. pick. But he uh, he kind of came on at the end of last year. So I'm, Yeah, I'm, no, I'm I gonna, like him a lot. He's tough. I don't hope he does the same thing. All right, 149. Another good weight class. You got the Zane Train. You got Sorensen, Jake Suflone. And you got the... National champ Jason Sertz is all the way down at number four. Well, you got Pentelio, who's I think he's ranked in the top. I want to say he's top ten. Uh, he I want to say he was the sixth seed at Nationals last year. Yeah, the Big Ten's so bad, isn't it, Ben? Just a terrible conference. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, but wait, <laughs> wait till we get to this this next weight. Oh yeah, Dolphin Martinez is terrible. Once you get past that, though. Uh, 65 and... Alright, I'll take Zane at 49. Damn. I think I gotta pick him too. Yeah, of course. We have two? Just, I wanna... This is rare, because my high school doesn't pump out D1 guys. We have two Arrowhead High School alumni in this weight class. Jake Suflone at three and Andrew... No, 49. Jake Suflone and uh, Andrew Crone. Three and the three and the seven. Um, Did your high school got a big time tradition? Nah, we were good for a handful of years, but um, no, I mean, not huge, not you know, nothing like a St. Paris Graham or anything, right? Um, so yeah, we 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 got some good guys coming out. So shoot, I want to pick Zuflone. 
because um, that's my guy, but Rutherford kind of kicked his butt. How can you pick against Rutherford, man? I am going with Sufloon. I don't care. Sometimes sometimes I pick with my heart too much. Obviously. Not my mind enough. <laughs> okay. 157. I got Imar. Damn it, Tommy. I'm not I'm not, I'm not doing any suspense, though, for our viewers. You got Nolf and Martinez. You know, you yeah, can't take that's anybody. All you got. That's all you yeah. got. I'm taking Imar. Nolf or Imar? Hmm. I think I'm cheering for IMR too. Am I picking with my heart again, or am I picking with my head? I can't tell. You, you can pick with both on this one. Okay, I'm, I'm going IMR. I think he better got his crap together by now. Yeah, if, if he don't Imar. beat him this time, he ain't beat him in Nationals. I'm telling you that. Yep. Okay. All right, 165. It's my pick first. You got uh, Isaac Jordan, Bo Jordan, Steven Rodriguez, Anthony Parati. Whew. You know what? I'm going to go with Steven Rodriguez because he was one of my brother's original students at his uh, at his gym in New York. Wow. Yeah. And you know he bumped all the way up from 141 last year? It's pretty freaking wild, right? Yeah, he's good. He's good. I'm taking Bojo well, I know, for, good, I, for good reason. You're not picking Isaac after the duel? No, I think I think Bo's I think Bo's ready. I think I think he had a hard time coming to terms with wrestling against family, and I don't think Isaac had nearly as as much of a problem. And um, so those but those two are, are they close? They don't like each they're other. They're close. They're close. I just think Isaac does a better job at blocking all the, the head trash out than Bo does. But I think it's the third time around. I think Bo's kind of got it figured out mentally. I think he's a better wrestler. I think Isaac's great. Um, yeah. I just think Bo's a better wrestler. And I'm going to go with Bo. Have they, uh, had they wrestled prior to college ever? Oh, they train together every year. I mean, they, they no, train together. No, what? not train, compete. No, no, they had not. Never? Never. Not well, even like it, Kiwis or something. I don't know that. I, I don't think they did, but you know, I can't speak for the youth. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, 174. Bo Nickel, Alex Myers, Zach Brunson, Miles Martin, Nathan Jackson. Another one, interesting one, because you got Nathan Jackson all the way down to number five is Bo Nickel's only loss this year. Um, is it my pick? It's your pick. I picked Steven Rodriguez first last time. Oh, man. I, I, I think I'm going to pick with my heart here. Miles Martin. Picking Miles Martin. He's got a win over Nate Jackson. I think two wins over Nate Jackson. Yeah, I believe so. He's got two nail-biter losses to Bo Nickel. I'm picking with my heart. I'm going Miles Martin for the Big Ten title. All right, I got Bo Nickel because he's hot. <laughs> he is hot, man. He's wrestling good. All right, this is one of those uh, not-so-great weight classes I was talking about. And you'll say you'll say I'm wrong, but for a Big Ten weight class, um, after the first four, I think it, it drops off drastically. And I know you'll argue that Quartz was a previous All-American, but... But what? Not, he hasn't been that good this year. He's I a mean, previous he, All-American. Is he even an automatic qualifier this year? I don't know. Man, I, don't I mean, know. it's on borderline. Okay, you got Dominic Abinader, Ohio Which boy. Big Ten champ, All-American from St. Ed's. Uh, Matt McCutcheon, Sam Brooks, and TJ Dudley from Nebraska. I'll go Abinader. Okay. I'm asking you with TJ Dudley. There you go. He's pretty good. He's good. He does stupid things. But I'm going to hope He that. did pretty good with David Taylor at the Midlands. Yeah, yeah, but he did terrible against Matt McCutcheon. I mean, like, he literally found a way to lose against Matt McCutcheon in the dual meet. So, um, 
kind of pains me to pick him, but I think I think I could definitely see him winning because I th- I think skill for skill he's better than any guys in this bracket. Just is he going to do something stupid right. or is he going to is he going to be on point? All right, hold on. I picked Dudley. You picked Abinator. All right, two weights left. Then we got to go because uh, this might be our we're setting records. This, this, this is our is longest record, show yeah. ever. Yep. We did get to talk uh, about Trump winning though. <laughs> <laughs> Face motion coming on <laughs> by the end of March. Okay, 197, Morgan McIntosh, Brett Favre, Nathan Burek, Max Huntley. What you got? I'm going McIntosh. I'll go for the upset. I'll go with Favre. Favre's an interesting case because he's been... Brett Favre? I wish. You could only <laughs> wish. You could only wish. <laughs> what if he wrestled for Wisconsin? How awesome would that be? Oh, that would been, people would have loved him. Well, he uh, does wrestle for Minnesota. And Brett Favre did play for them. He's, so. not, he's not as loved in Minnesota as he is in Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, Favre has been a lot better, though, at 97 this year than oh, yeah. he was at 84. And yeah. It's weird when you see kids make that, that jump. Um, I think Mac, the reason I'm picking McIntosh is that it's just he's I, he's a superior athlete to Favre and Burak if he, should he get to the finals with them. And I think those guys can make him hustle, but I think he'll he'll pull those takedowns in at the end. Yeah, and that's kind of I, – I think uh, – I think Burak's going to make far work, but I just don't see him him having what it takes to beat him. Um, mm-hmm. Just don't see it. Okay, 85-285. Most anticipated matchup probably of the entire weekend. Um, well, I take that back. Noel Feinmar is probably number one. This this could be number two, though. Uh, it's going to be Cooner Snyder. And I know, yep. who, I know who you're taking. Do you know who I'm taking? I'm I know taking, who you're taking. No, I'm taking him, too. <laughs> I know that. Oh, you knew that? Yeah, heck yes, I did. I thought you, 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 but no, you here, thought I was the, picking Kuhn, didn't you? The deals. I'm picking Snyder, but I've got to give Adam Kuhn some credit. I love watching him wrestle because he is a true big man. I wouldn't say Kyle Snyder is a true big man. Yeah. I wouldn't say Gwiz is a true big man. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a true big man in the, in the, in the sense of the word, but – Adam Kuhn is, and he wrestles hard. He's offensive. He pushes the action. I really like watching this guy wrestle a lot. Uh, a lot of respect for him. The problem is I think his greatest downfall against Snyder is also the reason he's so good is he actually does wrestle, and he just doesn't wrestle as good as Snyder, in my opinion. So I feel like he's going to react and and wrestle in these sequences and these actions that Snyder creates where the best thing he could do because he's a six foot five, 300-pound man is stand there and underhook him, and I don't think he'll do it. So I think Snyder will win because of that. All right. We're already so – Tommy, we set records. This is huge. We set <laughs> records. We're at an hour and 18 minutes. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Well, 10 feet lo- taller. Okay. I think right. we're calling it a night. What do you say? Yeah, man. Sounds good. All right. Have a good night, Tommy. You are listening to the T-Row and Funky Show and it is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you've built. Tommy, I got to say, I I tried these products. He shipped me a box. Uh, I love them. I've I've had, uh, if you know me, you know I've had ringworm issues for a long time. Um, So I'm looking forward to putting these in my repertoire and and hoping uh, the ringworm does not come back ever. No doubt, Ben. And to top that off, the company was created by wrestlers Guy Seiko Wrestled at Cleveland State University. His son was an All-American in Virginia, so these people really get it. They know what the wrestling community needs. You're listening to the T-Row and Funky Show, brought to you by All Force Nutrition. Ben, 
I don't know a whole lot about the founders here, but it's I, I gather it's a wrestling wrestling family wrestling company up up in the North Country where you're at. Tell us a little bit about All Force Nutrition. Tommy, All Force Nutrition was started by the Zilverberg brothers out of Minnesota. They are wrestling people, and they made these supplements for wrestlers. Uh, you know, they graduated with uh, degrees from the University of Minnesota, and this was kind of their dream to to put together some very healthy uh, and good tasting. You know, I've had some myself lately supplements for wrestlers to use that that fits their their needs and these products are great i'm using them myself right now check out allforcenutrition.com made for wrestlers by wrestlers go ahead and support them